dragon fly. <laughs> okay, at least someone said it. I turned on the button there. Right, okay. So we started the episode with So they, they heard him so. talking about dragon porn already? Yeah. Well, no. He said it, and then you just said it again. Um, <laughs> so I think so we have our title. Hashtag dragon. Bill Hazzy's idea. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag dragon How do you spell that? <laughs> so we had actually... Good luck. Oh my God. Good point. Ay, 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 where it been? I know. Hopefully, this is going to be a little better because. Uh, Jerry's here now. Jerry's here now, so keep us in line. Kim just. It hasn't worked so far, but what the heck? Yeah, it has. But. Uh, actually, I did not. I realized I didn't get any emails out for Friday mornings with Pete, so we still had, you know, a nice room and uh, did not send the uh, topic out for civil tension. And this is Civil Tension, episode number 66. I am Peter Galt, the host and creator of Civil Tension. And with me today is co-host... Ken Nicholson. And co-host... John Guancy. And guest... Kent Jones. Man Kucharski. Daniel. Richard Rasper. Billy Hyde. Jerry settles. Are you sure about that? I don't, I don't. I don't want to be afraid to. Uh, Arster. <laughs> On the podcast, it'll be like that. Go ahead, spit it out. <laughs> yeah, blur that. But name. Um, you know, I had John as he usually does throughout the week. Does his best to get me riled up. And um, we had some pretty good, good conversations. Good man, John. Gave me a call. Uh, one of the things that came uh, out of those conversations were the idea that you really never know who you're sitting next to, and, and uh, uh, what can happen. And you know, I know Ken just scooted over because that, vi- that visual would have played awesome, actually, right there. I got to get this. This has got to go start going up on YouTube as well. <laughs> we do have the no, live. We do have the live YouTube channel now for 24/7 WP. Um, but uh, you know, you never know who you're sitting next to. But then I actually wound up getting a number of emails, actually not from people who are present today, uh, about um, uh, our one of our freshman congresswomen who about 9/11 said, "Well, you know, it's time to get over that. You know, some people did something." Right. That's what 9/11. she said. Is some people did something, and we Muslims were starting to have our civil liberties. In a compressed, and therefore the you know. in, in the history of in the history of, of the human race, there's never been a country that has shown more tolerance after an event like that towards the group from which the enemies came. But you think about it; she's complaining about this. She's a member of Congress in this country. All right. We're so intolerant that she got elected to Congress. <coughs> After this, well, I'm glad well, I didn't eat bear in mind what her bread. district is comprised of. Well, I, under, I do understand. Uh, that. Where, it's, where it's due, this is Omar that said this. I, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. But you know that that was on my mind. I am I am not necessarily keen to do an open forum. We did that, and that was while entertaining. <laughs> it made for a our shortest episode of Civil Tension ever. That got edited, redacted, and deducted, and parred down to 21 minutes. It's our only 21-minute episode. And because uh, <coughs> listening through that while I was editing, that was the first one that I started wincing um, in, in editing. Going, 
Ooh. Must have done good. Yeah. I, don't, I don't remember doing No, no, no. It was boring. Oh, it was boring. boring. Uh, <laughs> it was boring. Well, if we go forward with this one, so I guarantee no boring. boring. This one's off but to a rocket start. Yeah. Off to a rocket start. <laughs> so, this morning, we actually did start with a little bit higher level conversation about gender identities, which we could talk about. We can talk about not really knowing who you're sitting next to, even in the scope of gender identity, because someone can decide to identify as something else uh, the next day after you've sat next with them and you don't know. I've actually experienced a situation like that long ago, not recognizing someone who came to work at a place that I worked at. And then he said, it's me, Steve. Oh, more power to you, buddy. Um, Steve, Steve Klinger. Myself. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Mr. Klinger. And, and his name was not Steve. I just, you know, I'm not going to call the guy out. Then. But uh, uh, then we also do have the, uh, and I got to tell you, this does, what she said does bother me. And I was actually amazed. That was it, the New York Post that came out with the great big headline and front page picture of one of the buildings in in process of explosion that said, you know, here's your something at, at the yeah. bottom of the picture. New York Post, not necessarily a right-leaning or conservative piece of media, but, you know, that is something that is so remarkably vile to say. And I, I'm trying to wrap my head around her position because I, 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 I love the First Amendment. I truly do. And then everything that comes after it to support it. So it's interesting. All the things, of all the things she said and come out and said, that's the one thing you come out and say that's vile? 2,977 people died as a real result of that something. Somebody that day, did something. Immediately. <clears throat> 2,977 people and the aftermath of deaths that followed even uh, brought that death toll well over 3,000. So beans that you, so beans that it's been identified that what she said is vile, what would be the prescription for dealing with her vileness? That's a very good question. Um, Unfortunately, she lives in a district where she'll probably just get more votes. Well, said it. There is a method wherein members of Congress can, uh, through a particular process, vote have a vote of no confidence in yeah, well censure. The, yeah, a censure, and they can expel a congressperson. Um, Boy, that hasn't been done in a long. It has time. not been done in a long time. It's on the books as possible. We'll get more. I think it needs to be done in this case. I think it. Definitely needs to be done. With all of these, what do you, what do you said, think the odds are that it will be it's done? It's just ridiculous. I'm sorry. What do you think the odds are that it will be done? Uh, probably zero. Yeah. But it's it's just to to discount an event that happened on U.S. soil that is of a magnitude of violence that no one in our country alive at that time had seen because we have not had there's no one left alive from the Civil War, no one left alive from the Mexican-American Wars there has not been that level of violence and that, that but perpetrated by people, we know who did this 
that this is something that we don't as a as an as a culture right now we did not know how to deal with this. This is not something anyone alive at the time had ever experienced. Well, you're you're defending her. Shore. You're defending her freedom of speech, and I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. But I ask you, I ask you this: She is using that freedom of speech, and what are the odds that we would have that freedom of speech? What are the odds that we would have this country if the founding fathers were Muslim? No, we wouldn't. Zero. Zero. It is not in their credo. Freedom of speech does not exist. They are a top-down governed thing. And they don't believe in ground-up justification for government in the first place. And we do. We believe that government derives its authority from the people. needs to be continuously affirmed. That's why we continue to have elections. All that stuff... I got no problem with somebody worshiping a god by another name. I got a big problem with them threatening my freedom to do the same. And that's what they do for a living. There, there are people within their faith who are talking for a global caliphate or whatever you call it, calling for the United States to become dominated by the Muslims. If the United States some days is dominated, which is a far stretch at this point, is dominated by the Muslims, what will happen to those freedoms? It's interesting that we have this conversation today on the day that it is uh, where they typically announce, or ISIS might uh, announce their newest offensive. Um, today is the day they Today do. is the day. Well, they would, except the great majority of them are dead, and the rest of them are scattered at the moment. They do. Well, and then, you know, there is that, albeit incredibly small, you had to look hard for it. There was the news story wherein um, a group, a California-based group, did, did ask, they, they made an ask of, out of respect, we would very much like for the, 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 the Christians within the country not to decorate uh, openly and visibly for Easter and Christmas out of respect again out of respect for whom they 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 want they find it they want us to they want out out of respect for us why don't they let us do that yeah (laughs) but we do out of respect for the first amendment you decorate the way you want to decorate we'll decorate the way we want to decorate and if you don't want to see our decorations don't go into you know, don't go into that business owner's business. If don't they can't, to- the if they can't tolerate our decorations, I have no respect for them to and, worry about. Yeah, and so it. But you know, this is this, this one. And yeah, uh, you know what? I better make sure mine's off too. Mm-hmm. Me too. It, everybody so. check. <laughs> Cell phone check. I just everybody. had. I just had it do mine's that so everyone would know here. to check. <laughs> Public service announcement. Yeah. Public. Yeah. Our PSA. The civil tension PSA. When you're recording a podcast, make sure your phone is silent. But uh, now back to regularly. I couldn't even spit that out. Regularly scheduled programming. This well, is a slapbacks of her comment that I found interesting was that the Muslim groups that are in the United States are all speaking out against it, and they're and they're. I'm hearing these comments. Speaking, how I'm sorry. They're speaking out what? against what, what Omar had said. They're speaking out against that callous comment. Okay. And the issues that are coming up is they're trying to say that look, our faith has been hijacked by terrorists. This is what they're saying. 
So there's a, there's a change that goes on here in the U.S. For any any kind of religion that's in, in the world comes into the U.S., we've seen this time and time again. Once it gets here, it changes. Its tenets change. It starts to be examined into what they consider, uh, I don't know, a sophisticated or modern or contemporary uh, idealisms. And we've seen this with Hinduism. We've seen this with Shinto. We've seen this with all sorts of religions that come in here, and they modify this is exactly what's going on here with the Muslims. Muslim faith is being changed. Literally, they're actually saying that, you know, well, the idea of putting people to the sword was a different time. This is not exactly our tenant. And they're really modifying these things. So I, I find that fascinating. Now, is there truth in what they're saying? I don't know. I mean, it, I think they're a really well-funded PR organization, which is totally... That's a possibility. Yeah, but yeah. also the possibility is, is that it's legitimate. And there, many, and there are many to, people that are saying this, and now the argument is, is are they trying to make it Muslim-like in order for it to be accepted? Then once it becomes accepted, then the hammer comes down, which is a possibility. I, China's I, famous for that. In, in the line that is becoming mucho hackneyed because of our difficulties in dealing with Trump, even those of us who love what he does, uh, here's the deal. You can make all the noise you want about accommodating other religions and stuff because you've come to our country, those are our rules. But show me punishment within your culture for people who kill people for terrorist reasons. Why does that matter? Proof of purpose. Why does it matter? Proof of the, the life country, of the whole idea that they're... The country's founded on the idea that you have the right to change your mind and you're not going to be compelled by it, by the government. The government's going to step in and say you must do believe in this. I, 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 sorry, I, I apparently miscommunicated. Let okay. me try again. Very good. If you're a leader in the Muslim community and you want me to believe that you are here for American-style reasons, that you, that you want to become part of our culture, that you want to obey our laws and that kind of thing, and the spirit thereof, Show me, within your Muslim culture, punishment for Muslims who do not do that. Show me any effort of significance that I can see where you educate your people to behave differently. How would that have worked out for the, for the religious groups that came into this country and the persecution that was going on in their countries and why they came here? How would that have worked out? They if weren't we killing them, people. We're, we're not going to have you a part of the culture unless you show us that you know that your countries are, are, are taking the proper measures. They're yeah. free. That, that argument falls apart. I, I'm sorry, but I, I I don't align with that it's south thinking. Well, uh, every country has rules and laws, laws and regulations. <laughs> I, you know, you, you all. Every country has your rules, laws, and regulations. Do you want to go to that country? You live by those. That's the, 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 if you this, want. If you want to receive, this is bringing up a big problem. You want to receive the benefits I mean, of what about that country whether has to offer. Gonna, you're going to whether they're going to adapt to our culture. And right now, the left in this country is telling them that our culture is bad, that our history is bad, and it, it worries me that we have that we have immigrants at all at a time when we can't tell these people that hey, this is a, a great country and a great opportunity here, and assimilate rather than. You know, you come to America, and this is a bad place, and you know, it's so bad. Everybody change wants this to come into here. what you so, what you yeah. left. So it's such a bad place. Why don't you go somewhere else? Or back home? Yeah, where you came from? I, you know, it's or San Francisco, Nancy <laughs> And talk a minute, see, CD. They actually, they actually, the government actually discussed 
busing the immigrants coming across the Mexican border to San Francisco because that's where Nancy Pelosi is. They literally talked about it. They, they're not doing it. Well, that's not but a it, bad idea, is it? it, it yeah, they to was, her house? So According to the news. If, if you have a good Christian fellow, a monk, let's say, do you have a, a, a problem with how a monk lives? No, he has all the liberty he wants as long as his exercise of that liberty does not injure mine. It doesn't. So that's that's the basis. Is is that's it, that's where I think it, it is. If it's injuring yours, yeah, your okay. fist's so, liberty to move. So there are a bunch it. of great Christian people who are in special ops for a specific country who are terrorists in other countries because they're taking and killing people over there because of uh, who knows why. Um, and so, but they're good people. I'm not, I'm not following you. What he's saying, I am, but I don't have a good answer. What he's saying is that our, our soldiers in uniform as agents and of the U.S. government, the U.S. military, being offshore in foreign theaters of conflict and combat are killing people and therefore equating them to being terrorists in the eyes of those whose country they are in. And therefore, Kent is also taking the position, perhaps, that our founding fathers were, in fact, terrorists of sorts, a very fine leftist position. <laughs> Thank you. Which... Uh, despite the, despite the the well, that's bulging disc I have between C five and C six is the pain that I have at hearing that argument far exceeds what is throbbing through my neck right now. <laughs> okay. Not that I have an opinion. There, that is an argument for doing nothing in, in life, standing. For nothing. <laughs> so this is the so this is so I want to draw our attention to something that I saw yesterday on PragerU. Um, ben Shapiro had an absolutely fantastic video, and I would encourage everyone to see it, not so that you can agree with it, but so you can see the position. And that he, he, he made mention that there is a tension that exists between Jerusalem and Athens, revelation and reason. And that as our founding fathers it took this uh, tension between reason and revelation, and they integrated into something called Constitution into our founding documents and our founding uh, uh, tenets. And they took this thing and they molded it into a, a form of government that is truly and, des and desperately unique. And the, the, the idea between, uh, between that, we, that there cannot be tension, there must be tension, there is tension between reason and revelation. And it's okay to have tension between reason and revelation. Wait for it. <laughs> there is, and again, I'm just paraphrasing his. And so that there's, it's reasonable to have a tension between revelation and reason. It's okay and it's essential to have that tension so that one can have liberty. And I think there's something really important to be discovered about the special nature of liberty and the tension between revelation and reason. The problem becomes this, and this is where the democratically elected republics, Western society, falls apart and falls down and gets consumed. 
what it embraces and allows for those who would seek to destroy it and stifle and suffocate the very institutions that allow for liberty and for that tension in freedom between reason and revelation to exist, that is the problem. And that is the thing that we're debating, is that is that you have perhaps it's I wouldn't say it's a majority of the culture. I wouldn't begin to, but a percentage or a portion of Muslims in this country and in the world are theocratic, and they do not believe in the balance and the tension between reason and revelation. Now, Ben Shapiro in his video yesterday said, now for a period of time, they did. And this period of time was from approximately 700 AD to around 1300. And at that time, they were leaders in scientific discovery, in mathematics, in progressivism, that is, in the traditions of the West. But then they went where? All the way to theocracy, religious theocracy, without the tension of reason. By the same token, he said, if you have people that are all about reason and no revelation, well, now you get communists who killed 100 million people in the 20th. 20th century. These are not my arguments. These are Ben Shapiro's. Again, I would encourage you to see the video. Okay. John, all, all I wanted to do, I held my finger up, because I wanted you to be able to explain to people what reason and revelation is talking about. Thank you, Dan. Oh, yeah. sure. So and I know what that means, but a lot of people don't. I don't. Oh, I'm sorry. So, so revela revelation, as Mr. Shapiro defined it, and as I understand it to be, uh, is that revelation is an understanding of one's world as given to you by a loving God. Whatever it is, in his case, so he did not name, of course, but he did reference that these are, that in his example, the Ten Commandments were given to us by God so that we would know how to live and what, to have a beneficial life, not only for ourselves, but for our fellow man, and also so we could understand and relate to him because we were created by him. That comes, of course, out of the tradition of Jerusalem, Revelation, which is the, the founding, if the founding, if you will, of, of not, not only uh, Judaism, but of course Christianity. Then you come out of this issue of reason, and that is that we know what we know by our ability to experience it, by our ability to research it, by our ability to measure it. Again, we, the, the scientific mm -hmm. hypothesis of, well, we have a theory and we test the theory, and if the theory works, then we go further. If it doesn't work, then we go back and we revisit, and we, and we proceed to develop what we know based on what we experience, seek, and measure. And so he is saying that there is this tension between the thing that is given to you by someone you can't see and the reason that you acquire by the things you do see and experience. And there is a natural tension in that. It would have to be. There has to be. And he, and he was very very clear about this, that, that that natural tension is very important to Western culture, which has done what? Done more to give rights to slaves, to free slavery, to end slavery, to give rights to women, so on and so forth. And he said, now the left wants to say that, well, there's been a lot of slavery in the West. There's been a lot of subjugation of women in the West. There's been a lot of this, that, and the other in the West, which Ben Shapiro then points out, yes, there has been. And those things have been present in every culture, Western and otherwise, time in memoriam, period. Those are not unique things to the West. The things that are unique to the West is abolition, getting rid of, uh, uh, sub getting rid of the subjugation of women, so on and so forth, allowing you to live in your liberty un unto yourself 
don't force yours upon me. So you're saying the tension is really part of the natural checks and balances. It has to be. It has to be. And I think the thing that concerns yeah, most I, I, Americans, I the thing that concerns most Americans is that, i.e., in certain parts of Toledo, certain parts of Minnesota, where you have Sharia law enforced, where the police will not go. Michigan. Michigan. Go down the list where you do not have the application of Western law in those areas that you don't have it. It does not exist. Continental U.S., doesn't exist that and that, that be allowed in this and it should not be and that that thing will proceed to become more widespread and people will lose their we, we, liberties. we have constitutional rights that leave a lot of power to the states right but the, the states cannot override the constitutional rights of an individual right and this is what is happening in these these enclaves right is that they're saying no your constitution doesn't apply here and so, isn't, isn't that isn't that against the law in itself? Certainly. And why do we not Probably do anything that. about it? <laughs> well, they are, but there, there there are costs to doing something about it. So, how far do you want to take this? Mm -hmm. Pretty far. Take it as far as you well. Can I mean, there, there's degrees to it all. And, and the idea of it is, is that there will be some reason that will that will apply itself. So when he's when he's accurately describing this these, this difference or this tension between reason and relevation. It's something that goes on with us always, mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And by relative, by revelation, meaning that, and he describes it well, we don't have to prove why it is because it is. Mm -hmm. Because it exists, we don't have to prove that it exists. And reason is trying to demand that you must prove everything. Right. And this is where reason runs off the rails. You have slavery because of reason. You have subjugation of women because of reason. Those are the two things that he listed. There's tons of other ones. Sure. Mm -hmm. But Relevation states that, well, we have, we can see that we have self-determination. We can see that humans are different that way. It is, that is considered a Relevation. We don't need to reason why we have it. We can't say, well, it's because of my God or this God or this magic or whatever. But we can say that it exists. But reason wants to challenge that, and that's, and I think that's what your initial yeah. point is. And, 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 that, and, and without that, and without that tension, mm -hmm. what came before Western culture? If you've got, so so to speak, if you have the guns and you have the gold, you make the rules, and the strong subjugate the weak, without exception, without exception, and without Western culture and the foundations of this nation's documents, there is absolutely no protection of minority rights and speech. The founding fathers were not concerned about protecting the rights of the majority; they're concerned about protecting the rights of the minority and their freedom of speech. But we can't deny the fact that those still with the, with the most gold and all the guns. Doesn't matter what culture you're in, they control it. I understand that, but, but the, you can but limit you, that control. But you can limit that control, and and and, and, <coughs> yeah. and Western society, Western culture, Damn. within the context of the Constitution, albeit not perfect, it doesn't get it right every time. It is the absolute yeah. best when, attempt when I, that you have to get this thing balanced and correct. When I was in uh, Japan teaching English, the Japanese culture is that you, you bow to people. And uh, a wife bows deeper to her husband as a greater show of respect. The, an employee bows deeper to a boss well, as a show of respect. If I went out. Yeah, there, I went over yeah. there, and I'm all right. I will adapt to the culture. I will bow. But you know what? I'm an American man. I'm bowing the same to everybody, and that's the difference. It does, yeah. All right. You're, you're the owner of a bank, and you've got all this money. You can all do all that, all that stuff. I don't have to respect you anymore. Though. It's still true there where business cards are handed over. If you hold a lower position than the person, you bow lower. 
that, that you that, bow lower, right. you actually read the card, you hold it with both hands. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yeah, I, question. I, I actually got back from Japan and uh, had to renew my license plate, not a habit when they gave me the, the my driver's license, rather. When they handed me my driver's license, I took it with both hands, looked at it closely, and bowed <laughs> to the lady. What <laughs> 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 is this guy's problem? Thank you for bestowing <laughs> this entitlement <laughs> of driving privileges. <laughs> 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 I think the problem is in the in the left in the left believes or, or makes the argument that well because there are things that other people don't like what we're doing around the world that gives them the authority or justification to do whatever it is they want to do here and to actually subjugate and get rid of the constitution get rid of western thinking get rid of that's a totally that's a it's totally not illogical issue. thinking it's 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 Abs- it's um, it's emotional thinking. So and it doesn't work. It doesn't hold. It doesn't that, hold that, water. That's the word I was thinking. It's emotional. To your comparison between revelation and reason, it kept kind of gnawing at my mind. Is we're also dealing with a, a third component, which is emotional. Well, today, okay, so that's the tension. Really, that's the tension. And I'm, I'm really glad you said that because in, again, Shapiro's video, which I would encourage everyone to go t- check out at PragerU.com, uh, go check it out. Um, here's the deal. He says that what the left, the progressives, whether you're a communist, fascist, socialist, whatever it is you are, what do they want to do? They don't want to deal with the tension between reason and revelation. They want to take you back to everything that's based on emotion. Everything's based on how you feel. Everything's based on the history of now, so on and so forth. I'm paraphrasing, not, not exactly his words, but there is this matter of, well, it's our emotion. And because we have troops in Afghanistan, or we have this, or we have that, therefore, they have the right to bomb the USS Cole. They have the right to take down the towers. They have the right to do this because we have people on foreign soil. I hate to break the news to anyone that has any misconceptions about this. They've been at war with the West since their founding when they came out of the Saudi Arabian Peninsula when a majority of the Middle East was Christian and people converted or they died. It was that dang simple. If it was not for Charlemagne, we would all be. It was that dang simple, okay? So let's be real clear on this matter. We have, as the West, have been in conflict, if not at war, with the Islamics since their inception, 700 and change. That's it. Right. That's so the, the fact. The real of the question is, as you were saying about you know the uh, religions coming into this country and adapting and changing and stuff. The real question is whether that's going to happen. Right. It is happening. That's my point. And the thing is, is that I, is I it, think, I think you are a victim of a really good PR campaign. And just like a presidential campaign. How many uh, How many Muslims do you know? How many do you talk to? Four. I talked to quite a few of them. I've met many of them and and jobs and other things that I've gone through. I've heard the arguments. I've met them in schools. I've heard the arguments. I understand what what, what their points are. And I get the, it. And their points are absolutely fantastic until you're a married couple in San Bernardino and all of a sudden you're there at a Christmas party, everything's fine, and pretty soon you pick up and you wipe out. All I, I think s- the issue is correct in that if they, if they get their way, then the, the, the hierarchy of the system is going to take over. And no matter how these moderates want to talk about it, they will become enslaved to it. And to a degree they are enslaved to it now, but yep. that's a different argument. Because mm-hmm. we're, we're enslaved to our own 
right. use as well. Right. And all I use that word. All, all I'm saying though is that well, in okay, case so we're enslaved to our liberty, hmm, interesting. So the question, truth. but well, yeah. So my point being though is this: is that I'm just simply. All I would submit to to you, Dan, is this: is that that your observation of select individuals who may be of the highest quality and, and embrace the greatest in Western liberality are not necessarily um, going to be able to draw an actual conclusion to the state of that particular union, if you know what I mean. They don't. Okay, so that is a, it's not really a sample. It's not really conclusive. I didn't offer that. Well, I know that. I'm just simply saying in case there's any doubt. <clears throat> well, I mean, this, this, this portion of conversation drives back around to the idea that you never really know who you're sitting next to. Right. You know, it's you, you just you simply right. don't. And that the we have a good idea. I mean, I get to see each of you at least every Friday morning. Uh, you know, some little more often than others. And you're a part of what I consider my circle of people that I enjoy. And there are not a great many people that I enjoy. You doing okay? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. I enjoy you. So, But, yeah, you've got your neck thing happening there. Um, for those of the, you who, of course, cannot see this, John is wincing in pain, and that's why we were. So, uh, anyway. anyway. It has nothing to do with his neck. It's this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to put too fine a point on it, Ken. It's just you. It's just me. Well, it's just you. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast is to have conversations like this, and it's taken us over a year to get here. Which is, I find, absolutely wonderful. There, it's difficult to have this kind of conversation. It truly is. Uh, because, again, you don't know who you're sitting next to. You don't know what's going through the mind of someone. As John pointed out, there was a church that sat and prayed with a fellow, and then he stood up and eliminated them. Right. Uh, took them all out. Um, you've, what we hope... And what my hope is, and, and you know, we, through the course of this entire conversation, is that people do come into our country and they do look and examine and appreciate the rights that our constitutional republic affords them, and they embrace those. And I, I, I will, I don't like what was said by, by Ilhan, I don't like what's said by many people, but... It is their right to say that, but it's also my right to rebut it. And and, and, and I would fight for her right to say it. Absolutely. Right, but. but here's the deal. The line, a line does need to be drawn at some point if you're holding office, an elected office, and part of that office includes an oath to uphold and defend the, the Constitution. Constitution and the, the safety of the American people. And if your idea of two buildings exploding uh, and killing 2,977 people is just something that happened, perhaps then you're not the best person to uphold the oath that is required for that office. That's she, what I'm she saying. She has repeatedly now, said, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. She has repeatedly stepped on her, on her tongue, and then she kind of gives these non-apology apologies. And the reality is she's only doing the almost apology for political reasons. The reality is she has told us exactly what she believes. Yeah. 
Now, if within all that, and I'm so glad, John, you brought up that uh, that video and talking about um, reason versus revelation, and then the emotional tie to that, and looking at it because it is an enormously difficult task to reason some thought processes that processes that we are exposed to in hearing, and to make them work that the, this tension is absolutely necessary. You've got, you've got to decide, okay, we have these rights and we appreciate these rights. We need to recognize that they have these rights. Someone once asked me long ago when the whole uh, rebel flag became an issue all of a sudden after, you know, decades Statues upon decades and upon decades. And they said, well, what happens if someone were to put a swastika up on their front porch? You know what? Really poor taste, but that's their right. And as a matter of fact, how entertaining would it be to see a rebel flag and a swastika on the same damn porch, and then the United States flag, and then well, there are people the, that consider you know, them both the Jerusalem flag, flag. But it, it was, and if you want to see something really, really cool, drive down uh, Milwaukee Avenue in Vernon Hills, and there's a company. I won't say which company it is on this because you know, hey, maybe sponsor an episode. I don't know, but they've got a huge curvature of uh, international flags waving. And of all the countries they provide services and business for, and people in the area will, they'll say, oh, I've seen that. And it's really cool to see. And (laughs) it's really cool to see. But there are flags that you would say, man, why on earth are those flying in the same row as the American flag? Well, again, they're they're just doing business in those countries. It's not a political statement. It's just you know here it is. But if I, I don't have a way to wrap my brain around how to resolve some of these issues, other than and can I, I see your hand up? So you'll be other than what I've said over and over, and people know at some point someone's gonna poke the wrong damn bear, and it's gonna be really, really, really bad. Because you're just you're not going to just lose a hand or a finger. You're going to lose everything. Ahead. Yeah, that that bear is going to be pissed off. But Ken, go ahead. I want to come back to Dan's totally justified challenge to me, which was how many Muslims do I know, mm-hmm. and how many of them have I shared thoughts and bread with? And the answer is way not enough. Way not enough. It seems to me to be the policy of the Muslim culture to do things pretty darn close to the chest, which is kind of the opposite of what we try to do. We believe you put it on the table and fight about it and come out with some sort of resolution. Um, And it frightens me because there's stuff going on there I have no idea. It could be good, could be bad. I don't know what it is. Dan, I ask you, in their culture, why don't they come more, if, if what they're doing is benign to our country, and we're cooking up this tempest in a teapot unjustifiably, why do, they, why do they not come forward and educate us a little bit? Why, why isn't there dialogue between their leaders and our leaders? Can we, can we get some of their leaders to sit down with our 
uh, our bishops, our mayors, our whatever, right? Uh, the DeGeneres show, I don't know, right? But the whole idea is to come forward a little bit with what they want to accomplish and how, you know, and their suggestions as to how we can help ease the tension, if indeed that is their objective. If their objective is not to ease the tension and to assimilate and to join with us as part of our nation, that to me is what I see indicated by their quietness. Okay, before you, do you want to? Here in the United States, we have freedom of religion. Muslims are people they of, don't the, believe in. of the Islamic faith, right? Right. So what I hear you asking is you want them to, uh, how do I want to say this? You want their you want their religion to be better taught in the United States. I need to know more about it. Uh, well, okay, but that's like to understand. That's like Catholics have... or uh, Christians saying, "Hey, everybody in this country has like to be Catholics between Protestants." And you have right. plastic wars. They were killing people. Right. They were hit hanging bridges. Not any time recently. I agree with that. I was raised Episcopalian. And I remember vividly, I, I raised one of those breakfast table questions that frightened parents, and it had something to do with, what about Joey across the street? I'd like to go to church with Joey sometime. Well, Joey is Catholic. They do things a little differently than we do. But, sure, you want to go to church with Joey, we'll set it up with his parents, you go see what that's like. Sure. Right? It, and the last line there was, God is God. He comes by lots of uh, names, and people worship him in lots of different ways, but it's all kind of cool. And there's nothing saying you've got to stay Episcopalian all your life, right? That's, that's where you're raised, but that's not where you have to stay because you live in this country. I got that when I was eight years old. Right. Okay. Um, I don't hear anything like that happening on the Muslim side of the fence. Yeah, you know, it, it, but there we're, is. Talk, we're, talk, yeah, there we're is. talking but about there how they're how they're it is it is happening, but we're talking about how they're they're changing. But yet we're still the example of, of Omar here is an example of somebody in Congress who is backed by a large population that voted her into Congress who are pretty much applauding what she's saying. So there is, it may be happening, but there's ample example of it not but, happening as well. But Kim, what you're saying is, is you're expecting, uh, let's just use religions. You're, you're expecting those religions that you don't understand and don't know about to come to you and educate you. No, I, I'm, I've tried to go. I mean, there's ways of educating yourself and learning about these things on top of the fact that yeah. uh, you're Bible also career. automatically assuming that if they're being quiet, they're being subversive. Right. It, it's it's my natural reaction. Islam That's a human re natural reaction. Yeah. I get that. In the know? history of the Islamic Muslim aspect, when he's talking about relevation and reason, they went through this period as well. And he's correct in what, he's, in what John was saying. So they, they had this, and so they were establishing, they have people that come in and they write interpretations, very much like how the Jews do. They write interpretations on what this means, and then their interpretation of that supersedes it, and that happens in the Jewish community. It supersedes the Old Testament. You cannot read the Old Testament and gain any truth out of it unless you go through your rabbi. And they have scholars that make interpretations on that, and that becomes the thing. 
So what ha- so what these Muslims are saying now is that you know it, it's these it's these uh, fundamentalists of Islam that are hijacking what this religion they want to evolve into. That's their issue. I don't say if it's right or not. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just claiming that this is what they're this is what they're talking about when they're here in the United States. Why? Because in this country they're allowed to do so, and they cannot get thrown off a building or hung or burned or whatever. They cannot they cannot right. exercise these strict aspects because in this country our laws don't allow it. Right. And that is one of the biggest differences. I think it's kind of one of the things that John's circling around. I think that's what he's trying to talk about when he's talking about liberty and protection. So that's kind of the difference. So when they're here, they're actually trying to assimilate to a degree. They do. One of the big attractions. I would say some. One of the big attractions to women in colleges of Muslim is that porn is evil. And, and, and the, and the, and the uh, adoration or the idolization of a woman's body is one of the roots of evil. That's why they do the burqas or the way the scars or whatever direction you want to go into this. But that's a great attraction to them. But when the women get in there and they actually find out that, you know, um, the males have all the authority and they have very little, which is an interesting thing about this female. If she's truly Muslim, there's males that are telling her what to do and what to say. She's being guided. If that's true, I don't know the case. But I do know that that's the structure of their religion. That's the tenets. It's how it's, it's, so, how, it's how it's put together. My only point was, is that when they come in into an area where there is liberty without the threat of your life, that they start to change. And so by seeing how people are living differently than what they've seen before, they're like, well, why is that? And then they start challenging the tenets that they were indoctrinated by. And that's, and that's one of the ideas about the spread of Christianity. They, the best way to spread Christianity is not to pump it down people's throats, it's to live a Christian life. And people say, why are you always freaking happy? Well, here's why. So one, of, one, of the, one of the issues, one of the, the, the conflicts with regards to the Muslim faith, if you will, is that it is a theocracy. Correct. And that Christianity is not a theocracy. Judaism is not a theocracy. Judaism, if you look at Israel and how how all people of different religions within Israel have rights, that does not exist in, in the within the borders of their neighbors. And again, it's a it is an absolute theocracy, and that is the problem. And as much as, as we want to believe that they're going through a type of reformation, right, which is essentially what we're talking about. Correct. Is we want to believe that as Christianity went through a reformation, um, <laughs> right? Right, exactly, it's precisely. But the problem is though is that when when we have all these memories and all of this scar tissue built up over time, over thousands of years, and boy, it's really hard to get past that. It's like I want to believe that you want to be like me, but at the same time, we have to be careful not to engage in. Uh, what what is that the the mirror principle where it is you're sitting across the table negotiating and it's like yeah I am I am imposing my views and, and values on you and I assume that you're gonna do that with me well no not necessarily you might be trying to negotiate in good faith that person's over there saying you go ahead and drop your guard I'm gonna cut your throat mm. I mean that's that's reality you're describing my divorces <laughs> <laughs> well, not intentionally how. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so, so. Uh, okay, hold on. Let's sure, sure. I'm oh, going, man. Go ahead. Oh. I've been sitting here quietly for a bit. You have. That's so, why. Good boy. 
Just Hushkin. Okay, so the, 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 start of the start of the podcast, the conversation was, do you know who you're sitting next to? So let me tie this back to Saudi Arabia. Let me tie this back to 9-11. I find our representatives' common support. I used to work in the World Trade Center. I knew a lot of people that were in those buildings. Most of them lived. A few didn't. Okay? My wife's business was down the block, and the big buildings fell on her company's little building. I'm connected there. But do we see what we want to see in our neighbors and partners? How many of the 9-11 terrorists that hijacked the planes and did all those horrible things came from Saudi Arabia? Most of them. They subscribe to the Wahhabism, their very conservative, hateful brand of Islam. Yet, we still do plenty of business with them. Just this week in the news, I was reading articles about the tension between our Senate saying, if you're going to give them nuclear technology, you should run it by us first, versus certain components of our... Uh, executive branch who just want to expedite that and move it quickly to them. So how do we resolve that? If we find the comments of this representative abhorrent, if we find the thought of Sharia law being implemented in the U.S. abhorrent, why does part of our government like to do any deal with Saudi Arabia that involves us making money on it. Not only deal, but spend billions of dollars protecting it. Well, A, we're protecting them. B, we benefit well, from their energy. Keep in mind that Saudi, but, Arabia, but, Saudi Arabia is the bulwark against Iran. That is the reason. Yeah. Right. That is the reason. Right. It's the foothold in, in the district. If you're sitting in a room with a bunch of crazy people and you got to get something done out of that room, you're going to try and work with the person that's the least crazy. And that's pretty much the State Department's opinion yeah, on what's going on over yeah. there. Who here, got to agree with that. Who here, who here remembers the movie point. Die Hard? Oh, oh yeah. The first, uh, right? Which one? Die Hard, the first one. Yeah. There's only one. Thank you very much, Bill. Yeah. The only one worth watching. They're on every day. You, you remember that? I mean, I only watch it three times a week. So you remember that? <laughs> You remember that? No, that's John Wick. Do you remember that one particular, <laughs> that one particular scene where he's like, where I can't remember the exact exchange, but it goes something to this effect. You know, maybe you're not an asshole after all. And the guy says, no, I am an asshole. I'm just your kind of asshole. Remember that? Look it up. Look it up. It's not an issue of whether Saudi Arabia is good, virtuous, pure. Absolutely not. Reprehensible, abhorred, blah, blah, blah. But that is the devil that you're willing to work hey, with. Hey, we, we were allies. To, we were allies with the Soviet Union in World War II. Sure, not just allies. Sure, holy shit. Oh yeah, we, right. We we underpinned them. We, we they 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 remained a, a country because of us. Yes, and, and then we will go ahead, and then we're 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 allies with. Uh, at the Afghanis to get the Soviet Union out, and then the people that we train in Afghanistan turn around, Osama bin Laden, and boom, they take us out. This is the way the world is. So I, you're absolutely correct. There's no defense of it, but it still is. It must be. And it must be. That's that. 
it's that yeah, tension. You have to find it's a way to tension. do it, right? Yeah. But but what we, but what we're talking about is is that is the liberty that people have within the contiguous forty eight and our territories, and, uh, embassies, so on and so forth, have freedom of speech and all the rest of it. Um, she has absolutely the right to say what it is she wants to say. The Congress also has an absolute right obligation, as it sees by its charter constitution, to say, yeah, you know something. You have the right to say that, and you were duly elected. But guess what? It's really not okay with us. And if a back and if a backroom conversation with her says, you know something, please don't do that anymore. You're really making this difficult. That's really not appropriate. If if the leadership and the Democratic Party and the Congress, if they don't have the cojones to pull that woman aside and say, do not you know, do that, I, do I'm not glad, ever do I'm that glad again. She's saying it because otherwise, this is a per person who clearly believes this stuff. Right. Who would be quietly? I want, right. but I want. I, I want her out in the open. I want her out in the open. Absolutely, is, man. It's a political cost to what you said. You don't have to go after it. There's a political cost. There certainly is. Yeah. And and some of us like to like to think that cost goes against the whole. Well, it, thing. Somebody was somebody was t talking on on, on well, when you have, typing uh, on on a, uh, Facebook the other day about you know I wish that woman AOC would just shut up already and it's like no. Keep talking. Keep talking, man. The more she talks, the better it is for us, as far as I'm concerned. Who's us? Yeah, Anybody who enjoys comedy. Kimo Savi. Anybody who enjoys comedy. I like that. What you said the other day, she, she wants the IRS to do your taxes. Yeah. She came out with that. She yeah. wants the IRS to do your taxes for well, you. Well, you know what? You, shouldn't, you, should, you as an American citizen shouldn't have to slave away and spend all that time, all those many, many hours doing your taxes. The IRS should determine for you what it is you owe to the Treasury. So well, she, I, I mean, my idea is a little know. different. Maybe we should simplify the tax code and abolish the IRS. Yeah, that's right. I said it. So, so that Americans don't have to spend so many countless hours. So, where would you say she falls on the spectrum of reason and revelation? She wants to abolish all motorcycles too. She wants to do this. She wants to do that. She's not thinking that. She's not thinking about Hindu scholar that where this revelation has really come into the intellectual circle right now because this guy's book. And he's literally arguing against the idea of revelation within itself, and he's a Hindu, which is an interesting idea within itself as well. Wow! But but he but he's really coming forward, and he's saying that it, the the problems in the world is because of the revelation idea, because you know the, the you can't challenge it, you can't back it, and people go to it. And he, and he says that this is where these this is the center of terrorism. This is why we have terrorists, because you know uh, India has lots of terrorism mm -hmm. in it. In their states, there's constantly things going on. It's just not in the news. It happens all the time. No. But, but his point is that relevation is the problem. And it's an interesting argument. It's, it, it, it's, I don't find it very sound, but I find it interesting. Because, because reason is supposed to be the rule, is what he's saying. And we know what happened to the Greek culture and, sure. and, 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 and all the, the, the terrible things that happened out of just sticking out of pre plain reason with the philosophers have been arguing this for years. And you see, that's why there needs to be that balance there's, between. And there's always going to be that. I mean, look at look at what's going on with Julian saying right now. Um, oh, holy cow! All of a sudden, he doesn't have asylum anymore, and we get what we want. You know, as a as a country, a government. You know, he's going to be coming to the U.S. And, WikiLeaks guy. Yeah. 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 Okay. And uh, you know, and and there's that argument. It's like, do you need that WikiLeaks guy who's going to help keep balances and checks in place by leaking this information? And the other side of the argument is, yeah, but the information he acquired, he acquired illegally, 
That's the key word. Yeah. He acquired it illegally. Know, either we have a nation of laws or we don't. I don't care what the left argues about. If they want to do this, then follow the procedures in the Constitution and change the law. You have the power to do so. Right. But it requires a super majority, and you better have your backing behind you. And I don't mean by money, although money does matter. I mean the people. The people must, must what? say, yeah. They were just talking on the radio the other day about, um, you know, there's now uh, this one guy running for president is talking about, uh, he says, oh, we're not talking about gun confiscation, but if you keep the guns, they'll come and arrest you. And I assume they'll take the confiscate the gun that's, while they're that's, there. That, that is um, in the context of those whose FOID cards are no longer valid, just so you have that in the right context. They're saying if, if your FOID card expires. No, that's not what this guy is saying. That okay, is not what that's this been guy, a big thing in the news lately. No, this is this is a guy running for president who was who was who was arguing that it's it's time to, to make certain types of guns illegal, to give people a chance to buy back the guns, sell the guns back to the government, and after that period is over, if you still have the guns, uh, they will come into your house and arrest you. Uh, they're not going to confiscate. The, you know, it's not gun confiscation because they're going to arrest you. Of course, they'll take the gun while while you're there. And the question was brought up about how many police in Illinois or in the in the country would uh, enforce that law. And this people was, were calling in on both sides of the issue of whether they would or not. So here's a, here's a question: If they come up with this as a new law, we have to be a nation of laws. If they come up with that law, will the police enforce it? Will the people sitting at this table abide by that the, law? The, the police are actually trying to do something along those lines when they do. Um, there was a report I recently saw where they were going to homes of people whose void cards were expired and they were assumed to still own these guns. And they would go to the homes and they would confront the person and they would say, you know, do you still have these guns? If the person says no, there's nothing the police can do. They have no idea whether he does or not. They have no idea whether that person's lying or not. They cannot get, they cannot go in the home. So I think what his question directly dealt with is, is if the law gets passed and it's not enforced, then what? I think that's where you're going. Well, yeah. I, I think well, my which question we already is, see we're in some of the states, states where along these lines, there are some law enforcement officers, sheriffs and such, and other states who have already said, don't care, we're not enforcing that. Right. My, 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 my question yeah. goes beyond it, whether, okay. whether we're can't, enforcing. My can't. question is, we're a nation of laws. Correct. Are there laws that they would pass that I'm going to stand and fight? You well, pass that the, law, I'm going to stand and fight. But, but the thing of it is, and this is the thing that's so disconcerting and so so bothersome, is that they are passing laws that are really not terribly constitutional. Right. And it's right. not just an issue of laws. Dan is absolutely correct. We are that. But more than that, we are a nation of constitutional law, and that's why that's how we're governed. Without right. that, you can change the law tomorrow and do whatever it is you want to do, but if it's not constitutional, without the provisions made within the Constitution to change and amend, then you shouldn't be able to do it. That's it's, why you have a constitutional government. Right, otherwise, right. I, I, otherwise, I otherwise we're totally... I, we just, I just was, yeah. we needed to go yeah, there. And so, and, and so and I studied the Supreme Court for quite a few years, and one of the things that amazed me was the, the justices talking as they retire, they always talk about the idea that when they're dealing with a case, they must take in what the what the pulse of the country is. And there are some cases that, that they don't have a pulse on, they just simply won't hear. Because they realize that if they do unpopular activities, they'll lose their relevance. And they have to balance this. And this is and this is a political thing. Yeah, and if it, you remember, it's all about politics. Me. That bothers me. And to me, it's, it shouldn't be the pulse of the, the what are the people. It has to be because otherwise you get into totalitarian idealisms. 
not totalitarian. That's following a guy, right? Constitution. Remember that the Constitution is interpreted. That is why we have a Supreme Court. I understand. Interpretation of, and the interpretation that they have, that's where we got separate but equal. It was an interpretation that was bought in there. But then it was overthrown. Yeah. Separate but equal was, was countered, again, by another interpretation. This is how it works. This is the mechanisms that, that our fathers put into play, but they did not have the idea of the Supreme Court containing the power that it does now because they didn't know the necessity of it. Because look how big we are. And look at all the economic zones and different places. And I mean, they, there's no way they could have foreseen that. So as, a, as, a, as the Supreme Court's developed, then they come in with the system of how to do this proper aspect of interpretation. And we leave it to these individuals and their teams as to being the, 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 the group based scholars of this. And if you look at the history of the court, you'll be floored at how well it works. Mm -hmm. These men in the past have been unbelievable. It is rare that something comes out that was that was wrong. I mean, they get it right almost all the time. And the reason why it is that the Supreme Court of the United States is so um, so much the hotspot for decision and legislation, if you will, is because because we are approaching our our nation as a, as a ball cap. One size doesn't fit all. That is that you in the state of Texas, and we've said this before ad nauseum to the point of nausea. You in the state of Texas, you do what you want to do. In New York, you do what you want. California, you are the way you are. Illinois, you are what you are. And that's the problem is that the left doesn't want that. They want one, they want one uh, atom bomb to go off. They want to level the field. They want to take care of everything in the snap like that. And that's the end. Because why? Because Republican democracy is messy. It takes time. It takes work. You'd have to go district to district, state to state, fight these battles over and over and over again, as opposed to, hey, if you can get the Supreme Court to do what it is you want it to do, go read Mark Levin's book, Men in Black. It's a great illustration of how, how the judiciary in this country has been corrupted and is going off the rails. Uh, yeah, well, that's a whole hell of a lot easier. You've got economy of effort. Well, shoot, all I've got to do is get, you know, five out of four, six out of nine, right? Do the thing and bang, I got it. And I don't have to worry about having these arguments anymore. Now I can take that money, those resources, and turn my attention to another fight somewhere else because I got yep. this shored yep. up. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. That's the only reason they're important. And I'm sorry, well, but that's the reason they're talking about adding more justices. Now. Right, well, which FDR did, and he wanted to pack the <laughs> court, and it's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, FDR, what was it, 12? I think he gave one at 12. Yeah. 12? You guys aren't saying what I he want. He I'm couldn't get his way, so he wanted to pack the court with people that, that yeah. would go his way. Yeah. <laughs> that's why this election that we had with Trump was so important. A lot of people voted for Trump was because the freedom of religion was going to be taken away. That's the direction they were going in. And, they were and so they're like, all right, well, wait a minute. We have two Supreme Court justices. Yep. We want to put conservatives in there and block this. And that's and that's why they voted for them. A lot of people. And we had the good fortune that enough people so, were leaving to give us the holes to put them in. Yeah. Well, that was so, the thing. They knew that. They, they were the openings that were coming up. That was, that was the most important thing. So. Well, and on that note, we landed on the economy of law, it sounds like. Um, you know, it's... The more economical laws are, the easier they are to enforce. So who are you sitting uh, next to? Yeah, who am I sitting next to? So I'm sitting next to Ken and Jerry. Um, you know what? Uh, we both have daggers. Yeah. And 
you know. I still have a little extra padding, so, you know, I'm not that worried about it. But and you know what? Let's just golf, golf clap this one out. This kind of went... So I'm going to golf clap this one out here. Thank you guys very, very much. We, we had some heat, so you know I might... Uh, golf clap. Yeah. It is Masters weekend.